and then he says, I'm joking, you daft cow. I'm joking, you daft cow. <laughs> this is the intro line for the pod. Yeah. 100%. I'm joking, you daft cow. <laughs> I'm joking, you daft cow. Okay, okay. Hello, friends. We're back online. Welcome back. We're plugged into the ether. Hell yeah. Our last episode of 2020. Holy shit. Can you believe we've been doing this pod for like over over six months, over half a year? Yeah, that's crazy. Guys, an episode a week is pretty intense, <laughs> is what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. We really we went balls to the wall, but I think I think it's paid off. We oh, have yeah. so much content now. We do. I think it was totally yeah. worth it. And mm. um we're just really excited to continue making more episodes in the new year. Yeah. The best is yet to come. Guys, when I tell you we have some fucking gems awaiting you in 2021, <laughs> you will not be disappointed with the content. Yeah. And we're starting off with our, our first gem, a little preview. Mm-hmm. A wonderful guest we have today. Yes, we're very excited to have um, an expert Almost like, um, mm-hmm. like if you were in a museum, you had a docent, but it was for mm-hmm. this movie, if you will. Yeah. Our wonderful guest today is the beautiful, the lovely Christina Gregory. Ah, applause, 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 applause. Oh my God. Thank you. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. We're so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Would you like to tell our lovely listeners a little about yourself? What's a fun fact about you? A fun fact about me is that Mo and I became friends one night when we both drank way too much oh. and threw up in the same trash can. <laughs> and if that's something you don't want yep. on the internet, you shouldn't have had me on. No, so. that's really funny. <laughs> I think like one one fun like one fun fact about me. It's all about me now, but it's true. I'm like a huge lightweight, so it's a funny funny anecdote. Yeah, fun thing mm-hmm. about me is something that's embarrassing about you. <laughs> that was just one of many times I've thrown up in your presence. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. There's only yeah. one of many times that I've thrown up in your presence. So the scales are even. I don't know if I've seen you throw up that much. Well, I think that's because the night that I threw up a ton in your apartment, you were also throwing up in your apartment. Oh, my God. Was I there? <laughs> I don't, think I don't even there. remember this. <laughs> I'm not going to go into details. <laughs> Meanwhile, I rarely throw up. So I know. Was I there? I don't what? know where you Oh, were. was this the night of like the horrible me? experience? Yeah. Okay. I think I might have been like dead asleep. Yeah. Because I didn't come out that night, right? No, I don't think you did. Yeah. We've all known each other since Young, we were we adults. Fresh faced, 18 year old babies. Just turned 18, moved to New York City. Yeah. So fresh, so clean. <laughs> oh yeah and now here we Time's are has taken its toll oh my god yeah not unlike the main character in today's movie yes <laughs> in case you haven't guessed today we are doing an absolute classic a new year's staple 2001's bridget jones diary Hell yeah. Um, this was really fun to watch. This is my first ever viewing. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. It was a really good time for me. Shocking, as it's so core to my character. Mm-hmm. 
I think I only watched this movie for the first time, like, when I was in college. Okay. Maybe, like, senior year of high school, maybe. But I, like, definitely didn't grow up watching it. But upon my first viewing, it became very important to me. I felt very seen. I related a lot. Totally. I love Colin Firth, so. Yeah. Yes. I also, I don't think I had seen it until I was in college either. We may have watched it together for mm. the first time. That's very How possible. Cute. In my apartment. It, it it merges together, really. The amount of rom-coms yeah. Christina and I have watched together in my apartment. Colin yeah. Firth rom-coms. Yeah, you guys love watching rom-coms. Mm-hmm. It's, like, so fun. I remember, like, last Christmas and stuff, watching, like, Christmas movies. I feel like you watched, like, a lot of, like, the Hallmark and Netflix, mo- holo- oh, my God, holiday movies last year. Yes, yeah. Christina and I were poisoned Definitely. by the well of yes. Hallmark. Yeah, I think one thing I was thinking about today, Christina, was that – because I was like, oh, we should get her to, like, send in some pictures to, like, post on the Instagram. Yeah. I was like, we should definitely get pictures of when you studied abroad in London. Oh, Miss Bridget Jones. Oh, God, shut up. <laughs> yeah. When I was a <laughs> – no, kidding. No, don't put that in the – don't put that in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> it was off the record. It's off the record. Yeah, I definitely crashed many a stag do. I love to see it. I loved to do it. I feel like you both <laughs> have had like London adventures, and after watching The Holiday and Bridget Jones, I'm like, I want a London adventure. Like, I want a fun time. Fall in love yeah. with the man who has kids. Why not? <laughs> I've never thought of doing it, but you know what? Maybe now. Yeah. 2021, December, we all go to the UK. That's my proposal. That's kind of the plan. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. My catchphrase when I was abroad was wild and free 2017, and it did not fail. Oh, I Ooh. love that. Yeah. I came home with many bruises, physically, not emotionally. Oh. <laughs> it should be known. <laughs> yeah. This fun fact seems like so out of left field after what we just discussed. Um, <laughs> but I will say that there are a lot of Harry Potter alum in this movie. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, we got a little uh, moaning Myrtle. Some Professor yeah. Slughorn. Professor Slughorn. Mm-hmm. The yeah. nurse. Is that it? The, um, Madame Pomfrey. Yeah, it's a, it's a very quintessential British film. I saw this tweet the other day that was like, Hollywood whenever they're doing like a story set in London and it's just Hugh Grant Colin Firth every (laughs) time should be yeah oh my gosh I didn't realize how attractive they both are like Mm -hmm. I guess I hadn't seen too many things where they were both like really young but oh my god even Phil was like they were so handsome like both of them were just so handsome and I was like dude I know when Hugh Grant Mm. you see him the first time I'm like he looks like so devilishly handsome yeah like if he he could play a nerd if he had a different personality in the film but because he's so like sly and like pretty awful he just like has this yeah and like the hair yeah are you telling me that all you've seen of Hugh Grant lately is Paddington (laughs) 2 I haven't even seen that disgraceful truly mo i know i need to educate myself how can you call yourself a movie critic i i do think though that my favorite hugh grant movie will always be music and lyrics it's a gem of our time for sure and then like colin firth any movie that he does i'm instantly a fan he pulls at my heartstrings man the king's speech yeah yeah single man also Mm. just devastating but happily this isn't that devastating yes Luckily, we're, we're in for a good time with Mrs. Jones. Yeah. Yes. Should we kick it off? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Before we start, I will say this movie was so hard for me to understand. Like, (laughs) I don't know what it was, but the accents threw me for a total loop. Like, I had to put on the subtitles. Wow. I was like, I do not understand. And the verbiage, like, with all this, like, slang and just, like, colloquialisms that I'm not familiar with, I was like, you're speaking gibberish right now. I don't know what you're saying. Gherkins, gherkins, gherkins. (laughs) I had to look that up. And then even when I looked yeah. it up, I was like, wait, this isn't what it is. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just pickles. Some yeah. All right, Mo, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, let me go in on it. Go <laughs> in, bitch. <laughs> so it all began on New Year's Day on Bridget's 32nd year of being single. Once again, she found herself on her own and going to her mother's annual turkey curry buffet. Do you want to talk about the topiaries? Well, I am on here as the expert in topiaries, so <laughs> we really, we enter into the outdoor exterior shot yeah. of the Jones house, and we see some beautifully crafted topiaries. Mm-hmm. This is NPR. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is ASMR. It's <laughs> like a gorgeous, the scene is set, the, the elegant New England, oh my God, New England, literal England, England cottage, yeah. <laughs> old England. <laughs> They have, like, the two swans kissing together in the form of a heart. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's some Disney shit. As wow. in, like, it's a small world. Yeah. So we get a little Bridget narration. She talks about how every year her mother tries to set her up with some dead. And this year would be no exception. So she pulls up to the house. She talks to her quirky mother who tells Bridget that the Darcys are here and they brought their son, Mark. And she's like, oh, Bridget used to play in his padding pool, and now he's a divorced barrister. And she's like, if um, just like berating her outfit pretty much. And she's like, you'll never get a boyfriend if you look like you've wandered up out of Auschwitz. Oh, my God, Christ. Whoa. Yeah, her mom throws in a lot of insensitive quips. Yeah. <laughs> Not okay things to say. Yep. So she goes upstairs to change into the outfit her mother has laid out for her. And let me tell you, that shit is B- – it's B-A-D. It is bad. Major frump vibes. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is what, like, every skinny girl at art school wears, which is fun. Yeah, just like <laughs> oh, yeah. carpet. Yeah. They're like, I found this at um, the L-Train Vintage, and it was $4. Yeah. <laughs> so once she comes down in this god-awful outfit, she says hello to her Uncle Jeffrey, who – is actually not her uncle, but he decides to take every opportunity to, like, grab her ass mm-hmm. and, like, makes her call him her uncle. Just, like, a huge pervert. Yeah. Yeah, disgusting. He then, he's like, tell us about your love life, Bridge. And everyone is like, oh, yes, like, single, TikTok, baby, that biological clock, career girl, can't put it off forever. And she's like, cool, 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 cool. Go say hi to her dad. And um, he's like, totally on the same page as bridge they're like not into the party they have like a very close relationship that we get to see like throughout the movie and there's that (laughs) (laughs) first gherkin (laughs) reference of the film my favorite moment of the movie my favorite shot is the play to gherkins yeah Yeah. um so this is when we meet mark darcy for the first time yes she like sees him from across the way and she's like oh my god like maybe mom actually did a good job he turns around and is wearing like this reindeer sweater which 
in my opinion, is, like, not really a turnoff yeah. because I love a good, like, ugly Christmas sweater. But apparently for Bridge, it's not great. So her mom, like, introduces them. They say hi. We have a note from Phil. Yes. That is, <laughs> that is, in, um, is in our notes. Phil said... <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot I wrote this. Phil said, young Colin Firth was hot, an auteur of the ugly Christmas sweater. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, Phil. Um, I agree. Yes. So... Bridget's mom is going on about like, oh, remember when you used to run around his yard naked? And Bridget is like horrified. Eventually she leaves and Bridget and Mark just start to chat. Mm -hmm. She tells him that she's really hungover from this like New Year's Eve party she went to last night. And he is like so stoic. He is giving her nothing. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of keeps like yammering on. She's like, oh, you know, like my New Year's resolution quit smoking and drink less as she's holding like a glass of champagne and a cigarette and she's like uh and to keep new year's resolutions he is like completely dead faced yeah not impressed he's not into it he is stone cold Mm -hmm. he just walks away yeah he goes time to eat (laughs) which i mean like every man but yeah literally so like the adult male that he is he just goes and Mm -hmm. (laughs) right up to his mom yep and starts ranting about bridget oh my god he tells her how he doesn't need a blind date he goes she's a verbally incompetent spinster who smokes like a chimney and drinks like a fish and dresses like her mother (laughs) scalding (laughs) harsh i sound exactly like colin firth so you're getting the real deal here (laughs) and of course poor bridge poor bridget overhears and i mean Mm -hmm devastating yeah and being the fun loving gal she is she just shrugs it off she pretends not to hear this horrible insult and she goes yummy turkey curry my favorite which is my probably my favorite line in the movie if you need me to rather take of that christina it's yummy turkey curry my favorite what one, one more, more one more <laughs> mm, yummy turkey curry my favorite <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which is truly how I how um, I desire to leave every party I ever go to. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty devastating. I will say, I don't know if I could have survived that moment. I would have been like pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Colin Firth said that about me, I think I would just fly directly into the sun. Yeah. Personally. My Mars and Aries is not there for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So basically Bridget's like, this is the moment I realized I would die alone forever. My primary relationship being with a bottle of wine. She's in her apartment. You know, single life, watching Frasier. She's in her pajamas, drinking a gigantic glass of wine. She has no new messages on her phone. She starts strumming along to All By Myself, and she's lip-syncing passionately. Who took this footage of me? (laughs) How dare How dare they? Genuinely, this scene, I feel like, really is the precursor for all of her Oscar buzz 20 years later for Judy, right in this very moment. This got her the Washington Need to audition. They were just like, did you see Bridget Jones? It's really like a good intro. I'm pretty sure that's when they like put the title of the film on the screen. Mm -hmm. She's really going through it. 100%. So then we hear her voiceover where she says, and so I made a major decision. I had to make sure next year I wouldn't end up shit-faced and listening to sad FM, easy listening for the over-30s. I decided to take control of my life and start a diary to tell the truth of Bridget Jones. The whole truth. And then, like, on screen, we see this, like, a lot throughout the movie. It kind of has, like, her stats. It's, like, her weight, her cigarette intake, her alcohol units. 50 alcohol units, beginning of the film. So impressed. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Coming, yeah. coming in hot. The, the beginning of the movie, Bridget Jones, is like what I aspire to be by 32. Oh, my God. Literally. <laughs> Living alone in a beautiful apartment. Yeah. Yes. With a steady job, good friends. She's got it all. Except the man. <gasps> so her first resolution for the year is to lose 20 pounds. And number two is to always put last night's panties in the laundry basket. And we see her like walking as they're like stuck <laughs> to her leg. I read about that in like Seventeen magazine when I was younger. How like this girl was like, I went to baseball and I was like playing baseball, and all of a sudden, like people started laughing at me, and I turned around and my underwear was hanging out of my pants from yesterday, and I was like, How did you oh not my just God. take them out of there? You put those panties <laughs> in the hamper. Uh, and her her third resolution is to find a nice, sensible boyfriend to go out with and not continue to form romantic attachments to alcoholics, workaholics, commitment phobics, peeping toms, megalomaniacs, emotional fuckwits, or perverts. Did you write that down, listener? Because you better, because we all need more of that in 2021. It's definitely something I need to hear time and time again. Here it goes. Is this a good sound draft for you, Christina? Yeah, this is this is ASMR. <laughs> um, she then says, especially will not fantasize about a particular person who embodies all these things. R-E-S-P-C-T, find out what it means to me. <laughs> the soundtrack for this movie is impeccable. It's really good. It, it really does slap. And we cut to the beautiful yeah. visage. Mm. We cut to Hugh Grant looking so fine in his full 90s luscious hair glory. Mm -hmm. This is the look that inspired Kumail Nanjiani. If you've ever seen his uh, comedy special, this is (laughs) that Hugh Grant. And he plays Bridget's boss, the particular person who embodies them all, Mm -hmm. Daniel Cleaver. We see him in the office and we immediately go to a flashback from the Christmas party a few weeks ago where Bridget is drunkenly singing karaoke and we just see a cringing Daniel. So she's really ready to start fresh in the new year. We zoom back into the present day. We're in the office at the publishing house where they both work Mm -hmm. and Daniel's in his office Mm -hmm. and of course just one of those offices with only windows. Very yeah. 1990s, 2000s, to be fair. Because mm. I know so much about The Office. <laughs> I was a working lady at four, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an aficionado <laughs> of office yes. architecture trends from years 1990 <laughs> is, to yeah, 2006. <laughs> An office architecture <laughs> for a productive work experience. Um, but <laughs> yes, they're in an open office scheme. Um, which is important because Mm -hmm. they can look at each other. These two ooglers. Mm. Oggler? Ooglers. You're like ogling someone. I'm thinking of like, (laughs) what movie is it from where he's like, I put my face in like the cocktail waitress's breasts or something like that? Uh. I don't know if I've seen that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Disregard, please. (laughs) Please. Um... Okay, so we're in the office. It's an open floor plan. Daniel suddenly is, like, looking at his computer because he sees that his boss has walked in. Mr. Fitzherbert walks past Bridget. He calls her Brenda. All throughout the movie, no one ever corrects him. Why Brenda? I don't know. Um, Bridget calls him Mr. Titsparvert because he is a titsparvert. He just looks at her boobs all the time, which don't do, Mr. Titsparvert. Not a a good working environment. 
Yeah, it's really toxic. It's yeah. always sucks. <laughs> and, you know, just when Bridget's already being just, what's the word I'm looking for? Harassed? Yeah, just when Bridget's being harassed enough. You know, she's had it already with Mr. Titsburger. Mm-hmm. That's enough for me for like four days. Mm-hmm. Perpetua, yeah. Bridget's supervisor, only slightly wearing a headband, but like not in a fun yeah. way. No, not in like a gossip girl, like cute way. It's like I am almost 40 and I'm wearing a headband. Which I mean, like if you can pull it off, do it. But Perpetua cannot. Perpetua tells Bridget that she needs this press release ASAP and Bridget just hates her. I watch this and I also fume. She just gives me like bad vibes. Mm. Yeah, major, major vibe check needed. So Bridget gets a phone call Mm. while she's at work um, from her friend Jude. Jude works at a bank. Seems like she has like a good job, but she is crying about her most recent boyfriend. And she asks Bridget if she's too needy and codependent. And apparently this happens all the time. She's like known to call Bridget when her escapades do not work out. Just chilling in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. crying, moaning Myrtle, perpetually crying in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Literally. Typecast. I was shocked when I learned that this was moaning Myrtle. Yeah. So B says she's lovely and her boyfriend is just a big knob head with no knob. And of course, Daniel is standing over her desk at that moment. So Bridget's like, um, yes, the book. Thank you for calling Professor Levis and hangs up. And Daniel's like, oh, here's the book launch party guest list. By the way, was that <laughs> Professor F.R. Levis calling? And Bridget's like, mm-hmm. And he's like, F.R. Levis, who died in 1978. Amazing. Woof. Yeah. So we cut to dinner with Bridget's friends where she's just told them the story. And her friend Shazer. What a cool name. I know. She's like, fuck the lot of them. Tell them to stick fucking Levis up their fucking asses. Shazer journalist likes to say fuck a lot Mm -hmm. bridget then asks jude what she would do if one of her assistants made a mistake like that and jude is like oh i'd fire them (gasps) and then her other friend tom who was like an 80s one hit wonder Mm -hmm. because he realized that that song was enough to get him laid throughout the 90s says that if daniel is as cute as always then a well-timed blowjob should fix it an interesting strategy They then get another round of drinks, and Bridget says that, you know, now that she's in her 30s, at least she can hold her drink. Cut to her immediately falling drunkenly out of a cab on the way home. Poor gal. The next morning, Bridget goes back into work wearing the cutest little short skirt, and of course she Mm. immediately gets an IM from Mr. Cleaver. (gasps) Yes. Shock and horror. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he goes, serious problem. You appear to have forgotten your skirt. The skirt off sick. And Bridget replies to him in an equally cheeky tone. I'm appalled by message. Skirt is demonstrably neither sick nor absent. Appalled by management's blatantly sizest attitude towards skirt. Suggests management is sick, not skirt. (gasps) Saucy. (laughs) Oh my god. It really is saucy. Yeah, Yeah, and he reads it and does this little... He smirks. He's Mm. Mr. Suave. So happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, this scene is truly the equivalent of when you're sending private DMs in a Zoom party and you just keep checking to see if the person who you're DMing is responding oh, yeah. <laughs> visually, <laughs> just reading all of the visual well, cues. I, I tend not to send private DMs in Zooms because the person who's hosting it can see all of them. Can you really? 
I don't think in real time. I think after the no call. Way. I think that you're right. I think that they can yeah. see it like after if they check. I don't what think guys, you can yeah, just check. I've done this during D and D so many times. About <laughs> probably. Damn. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, you would have to so like bad. you would have to like go to find the transcripts. Okay. I've also sent things in that chat, but I don't think it was anything bad enough that I wouldn't care. I'm guessing probably not either. I think most of the time it's like, I wasn't paying attention. What's going on? The worst I've said. Oh, my God. I've done that. Fuck, I've done that. Oh, 2021 resolution. Do not not write in the group Zoom chat. (laughs) Yeah, so I just always text people, but I do always, like, wait for their facial expression response. Oh, same. Very amusing. Yeah. I'm glad that I learned this eight months into the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bridget um, walks home and thinks how she started off this year flirting with the office scoundrel. And she's like, I need to persevere and find a nice man and put off flirting with Daniel Cleaver. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the next thing we see is her coming into work. I would literally be sent home if I went to my office like this she's wearing a nude colored see-through top and a black bra underneath and it is scandalous for it sure. is very risque so mr cleaver mm-hmm. responds with another msn message and she imagines them married and he's speaking at their <laughs> wedding and on the way out they end up leaving in the elevator together it's just them and some other random guy he leaves the elevator. Um, Mr. Fitzpervert comes in, and Daniel <laughs> gets a little sly in the elevator. He puts his mm-hmm. hand on her ass. And then, Bold. on his way out, Fitzherbert asks, he's like, Brenda, I need, to, I need you to introduce me before my talk. <laughs> and Cleaver asks Bridget out to dinner. But she makes up an excuse on why she's busy. She's like, no, 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 no. We'll see. Good night, Daniel. I love how you called him Mr. Fitzpervert. I was <laughs> just, just mixing the names together. Yeah, I think that he, he like asked her out for that night and she says no. And he's like, well, what about tomorrow? And she's like, well, tomorrow's the launch party. And he's yes. like, maybe afterwards. And she's like, we'll see. She's playing coy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we cut to her like getting advice from all her friends. And Jude is like, okay, no pressure. But your entire future happiness depends on how you carry yourself at this launch party tomorrow night. My gosh. So she tells Bridget that she needs to look absolutely gorgeous. We then see like she's like shaving her legs, waxing her vagine. Yes. So Tom then says to totally ignore Daniel and suck up to famous authors. So we see her like practicing various author names. Mm -hmm. And he tells her to circulate oozing intelligence and we see her like practicing conversation she's like isn't it terrible about chechnya 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 and then shazer tells her to introduce people with thoughtful details like sheila she enjoys horse riding and comes from new zealand daniel works in publishing and comes and then bridget says all over your face Bridget is stuck deciding as to whether or not she should wear some lacy thong because, you know, lacy thong, better for when having sex, or her high-waisted granny panties, which would increase her probability of having sex because Mm. they're nice, stomach-sucking, 
sturdy granny panties. And she opts for the granny panties. Unbelievable to me. Yeah. So Bridget takes the train. She's practicing what she's going to say. She is like primed and primed and she's so prepared. She practices what she's going to say to introduce the author of Kafka's Motorbike. And she tells herself that she is the intellectual equal of everyone here and they will all be ignoring Daniel Cleaver. She walks in in this little black dress of dreams. Oh, so cute. It's this yeah. like, satiny, square, cowl neck. Tell me where to get it. I will, I, will, I will snap that up. Yeah, she's really going all out here. And she joins this conversation with Salman Rushdie and some other men. They're talking about literature. And Rushdie's like, what do you think? And Bridget is frozen. It's like she didn't even prepare for shit. And she's like, oh, where are the toilets? And <laughs> she is trying to stay calm, but she's having a bad time. She ends up running into Mark Darcy. Perpetua walks up and Bridget's like having a little Liz McGuire moment in her head. And she like wants to introduce Perpetua as this obnoxious like jerk she has to work with. In reality, though, she introduces them kindly. And she's like, Mark is a top barrister. But in the distance... She sees Daniel Cleaver looking over, noticing her laughter. Is he jealous? Is he interested? Mm. Does he wish he was in that conversation? So as Bridget, Perpetua, and Mark are all talking, Natasha, Mark's colleague, she's like a top attorney Mm. at their firm, strolls on up. Just the worst. The worst. Hate her. So Mark introduces them, and of course – relays this detail about Bridget swimming naked in his paddling pool, which everyone loves to bring up all the time. And Natasha and Perpetua already know each other, so they, like, go away to talk amongst themselves. And Perpetua's like, oh, my God, like, Mark, he's so good-looking. Like, what a catch. And Natasha's like, give me time. I'll lock him down. I'm like, oh, you're the worst. And I don't hate her because she's, like, a complication. I hate her because she's just, like, genuinely very off-putting, very rude to Bridget. Yeah, I only dislike women who bring down other women. Exactly. So Mark then notices Daniel across the room, and the two of them share a very tense and loaded glance. It's time for Bridget's big introductory speech. Um, So she goes up on stage, and, of course, the microphone isn't working. Of course, she can't get anybody's attention in the entire party ballroom. So she just, in true Bridget form, comes up and goes, Oi! And gets everyone's attention immediately. Um, and she goes, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the launch of Kafka's Motorbike, the greatest book of our time. And then she sees a bunch of other authors in the audience. She sees Salman Rushdie, whose name I obviously knew off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> And she goes, besides your book, Mr. Rushdie. And then she sees other clients from the publishing house. And she does the same thing. And your book. And then she just, you know, she decides to just fully autocorrect and be, thank you for coming to the launch of one of the top 30 books of our time, at least. (laughs) And here to introduce it properly is the man we call. And in her head, it's going, tits pervert, tits pervert, tits pervert. And she really takes her time <laughs> saying this yep. bit. And she goes, Mr. Fitzherbert, because that is his name. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's rough. It's super rough. And of course, <laughs> tits goes on stage. Yep. <laughs> tits perv. Um, and just switches on the mic like a little bitch. Yeah. Really, like if he cared about anyone, he would have just played along. Yeah. Or yeah. just told her initially, like, oh, I think the mic is off. But this is a comedy, so they're not going to do that. It's true. After the little <laughs> moment on stage talking about the book, there's an after party. Natasha and Mark are talking to an author. Mark looks over at Bridget smoking by the bar and excuses himself to talk to her. But Daniel swoops in and starts joking with her mm-hmm. about her little performance And he tells her that she looks sexy. And he's like, I have to take you out to dinner. And ushers her away. Meanwhile, Mark looks on, sadly. And I'm like, you had ample opportunity to speak with this woman at the turkey curry buffet. But now, Mr. Butthurt over here Mm -hmm. has a a Mm -hmm. sour face because she's being swept away. Yeah, now that she's not wearing her mom's ugly ass frock. (laughs) Suddenly... Yeah, there's this close-up on on Mark Darcy's face, and I'm just like, this is where it begins. Oh, yeah. The wheels start turning. The gears start grinding. Mm -hmm. It all starts We enter the triangle. Yes. So we then cut to Bridget and Daniel's date, their dinner, and she's like, isn't it awful what's going on in Chechnya? And he's like, I couldn't give a fuck, Jones. And then (laughs) asks how she knows Aussie Darcy. And Bridget's like, oh, yeah, I used to run around his paddling pool naked, blah, blah, blah. And Daniel's like, oh, I bet you did, you dirty oh bitch. God. Like, the chemistry is just flying off the walls. Um, Daniel then says that he knows Darcy because Daniel was the best man at his wedding. They went to Cambridge together, and they were mates. And Bridget's like, you were? Like, what happened? And he's kind of quiet at first, but then she's like, you don't need to protect him. He's no friend of mine. And so Daniel explains mm. that everything was great between them until he made the mistake of introducing Darcy to his fiance and then came home one night to them having sex. And he's like, I know it's horrible of me, but I just, I haven't quite forgiven him. Oh my gosh. Trust no man. Yeah, for real. And Bridget is like so just into what he's saying and it's like, what a nasty dull bastard and they agree to move on and enjoy their evening together then after dinner daniel's like so do you want to go back for a drink at my place it'll be totally innocent no funny business just full sex and bridget's like no 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 she's trying to stick to her new year's resolution yeah didn't work didn't happen they go back to his place they're kissing i actually remember the scene pretty well because they start making out, and I was like, this is really steamy. And then they start rolling around on the carpet, and I was like, this is very steamy. Mm. Bridget intending to turn Daniel down is just the restraint I wish I had. But she goes. <laughs> Me on, like, so many days. I'm like, I'm not going to go home no. with him. Cut to yeah. later that night. Fuck. <laughs> of course. They go back to his place. Yes. They make out. Roll on the floor, super steamy, like Mojo said. And he's like going all around her body. (laughs) (laughs) He's like shimmying down her. And he tells her how she has on some silly little boots and a silly little dress. And then he lifts up her dress and sees her enormous granny panties. 
of course. And she's like, oh, fuck. No, no, no. You won't like them. And he's like, oh, no, I like them. Hello, mommy. <laughs> and she's just more. It's a no for me. It's a no for yeah. me. This is when I vomit. Yeah. I'm not trying to kink shame the mu- the mummy stuff. <laughs> it's not, not for me. <laughs> it ain't for me, love. Um, I think that would really just be like me being like, Dan, don't leave. That would have been where the movie ends. Um, I would have just gone right over to Mark Darcy and been like, you would never What's up? call me mummy. Um, but she's yeah. mortified and he says that he likes them. And they just laugh and laugh and fuck and laugh. So, you know, we have like, Kind of a little bit of a montage. Um, Bridget is on cloud nine. She's feeling great. We see that her like stats have changed. And it says like have replaced food with sex. Cigarettes, 22, all post-coital. So Bridget and Daniel are like hooking mm-hmm. up on the reg. She then asks him like while they're lying in bed. She's like, oh, like, do you think people at work are going to notice that we're sleeping together? And he's like, hold your horses. It started on Tuesday, and it's now Thursday, so not exactly a long-term thing. And then Bridget gets a phone call, so she, like, leans over him to answer, and she answers by saying, Bridget Jones, wanton sex goddess with a very bad man between her thighs. Unbelievable. And she's like, oh, hi, mom. <laughs> Bro. I would end it all mm-hmm. right then and there. Choke me with the granny panties. Just when you think Bridget's doing yeah. well, she finds a way to screw it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, the next scene, Bridget's in a department store. She talks about how when one area of your life starts going okay, another part falls completely to pieces. She's visited the mall to see her mother, essentially. And her mother is doing this awful product demonstration with this gadget that um, takes the shell off of an egg. Is that what it does? Yeah, like off like a mm-hmm. hard-boiled egg. And it's this like weird, almost water gun-esque thing <laughs> that it's like yeah. so hard to describe. It's, it's like very a silly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some would say water gun. Others would say just that. Fleshlight. Schlong, uh, maybe. Gross. But <laughs> yeah. so she's like, does anyone want to have a tof? And... She squirts this thing, and there's, like, ejaculate coming out from the egg. And Bridget (laughs) sees the whole thing, and it's really a lot to take in. They get coffee together. Mm -hmm. Bridget's mom reveals how her dad doesn't pay attention to her, and she spent the last 35 years doing everything for him, raising his child. She tells Bridget that having kids isn't all it's cracked up to be. And given the chance, she might not have had one. I'm like, what the hell are you telling her this for? Yeah. She's like, now that I've gotten older, I don't have anything of my own, no career, no sex life. But she's been talent spotted. A man named Julian from the shopping channel says she has real potential as a demonstrator on his show. So mom is like, okay, I got to go to the loo or something like that. And asks Bridget if he's heard from Mark Darcy. Bridget's like, bye, mom. Mind your business. And her mother goes up to meet with Julian, who I didn't even connect the dots at first that this is the same guy who's like talent scouted her. Yeah. Didn't you think that it was like her gay friend or something? I was like, no, that's her new boy. It's her new He reminds me of like um, Paulinka. (laughs) The dog or the man? The man. (laughs) The real Paulinka. The dog. For sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Bridget goes to meet with her father back home, and he's sitting on the floor watching the mom on the cable show with Julian showing a pair of earrings. Mm. And he's just in, like, total disarray, and he tells her that her mom and this tangerine tan buffoon are an item now. Ugh. And her dad says that she's taking him to the Tarts and Vickers party Ugh. that he'll be at, and... Bridget, being a great supportive daughter, says that it would be a golden opportunity to flirt in front of her and make her jealous. I mean, maybe I'm biased because <laughs> I don't like the mom very much. Because, you know, that's how yeah. she got her boyfriend. And he's just, oh, Bridget, you got a boyfriend, essentially. And, yeah, he's shocked to find out that she isn't single. And she says that she has a boyfriend and that he's perfect mm-hmm. which i mean obviously the worst <laughs> i know everything that she does i'm like oh no bridget like the falling in love too quickly like thinking it's a real relationship i've like been there done that mm-hmm. never ladies mm-hmm. never treat a man better than he's treating you like don't don't give him time of day don't call him don't do anything for him unless he's doing it for you Suddenly, I can't hear. (laughs) Mariah Carey, is that you? I don't know her. Um, Sorry to that man. That is good advice, though. (laughs) Oh, man. So we then cut to Bridget emerging from her apartment, ready for her and Daniel to go out of town for the weekend. So he picks her up in this convertible, and she says... In her voiceover, she's like, Hurrah, I'm no longer tragic spinster, but proper girlfriend of bona fide sex god. So committed that he's taking me on a full-blown mini-break holiday weekend. Daniel apparently has also agreed to take her to her aunt's Tarts and Vickers party. So it can't just be shagging. A mini-break means true love. So they drive through the countryside. She's having a, like, full, like, I'm in a movie moment. And then her, like, headscarf, like, flies off her head, leaving her hair fully exposed to the gushing wind as the car drives. Mm -hmm. They go to the hotel and check in, where they find out the rest of the hotel is actually booked up for a wedding, except for them and two other guests. Bridget's hair looks absolutely insane at this moment you can tell she's been riding in an open top convertible and right on Mm -hmm. cue mark darcy and natasha come strolling down the stairs just like the perfect little couple this is where we egg them (laughs) go home (laughs) mark is like are you also heading to the party and bridget is like "Uh uh-huh it's her fake uncle, bro. Why wouldn't she be there? So Mark is like, yeah. oh, I brought Natasha so we could get some work done. And the weekend isn't entirely wasted. And Daniel is like, wow, what a gripping life you lead. And heads upstairs. <laughs> Bridget follows. The next scene is this beautiful lake scene where there's mm-hmm. these romantic rowboats and Mark is drawing his boat with Natasha in it as she reviews a case. Because everyone does that on their little break, you know? When of I'm course. in a romantic boat with a gorgeous man, I'm clearly <laughs> reviewing the latest law material. <laughs> Meanwhile, the little miscreants, Bridget and Daniel, are <laughs> rowing their boats with their beer while he smokes a cigarette and they discuss Keats. It's this whole just, it's the dream. It really is just dream versus reality for so many of us. 
<laughs> my dream to hang out with Hugh Grant and my reality, me in a boat with a barrister who's reviewing a case. <laughs> yeah, more like me sitting across from me someone who's home. doing work instead of spending time with me. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel's just rowing his boat so aggressively and he has his cigarette hanging out of his mouth as he is yelling out this really crass poem and he tries to jump ship over to Bridget's boat but he just falls in and the camera pans over to Mark Darcy and he just wishes it was him there's torture in his eyes yeah and Bridget's just like finally so happy and comfortable in her own skin she's just loving life she Really, you can see it. She's just, yeah. she has it all for this one moment in time. She's smiling. She's laughing. She's like flapping, mm. <laughs> which makes it sound really <laughs> She's smiling. She's laughing. She's flapping. She's got it all, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> this 2021 year of the flap. <laughs> yeah. 2020 was the year um, of the WAP. 2021 is the year of the flap. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Um... And Mark is just looking over at them so longingly. And Natasha mm-hmm. just comments on how childish they're being. Ugh. Ugh. And, yeah, just the worst. Um, mm-hmm. And you could just see Mark in his tough, what is it, his tough emotionally like his tough exterior. exterior. Yeah. Just, this is what Mark Darcy's life would have been like if his mom just loved him. Yeah. Yeah. We then cut to later that night... Bridget and Daniel are lying in bed, and she's like, you know, what you did just then is actually illegal in several countries. And he's like, that's why I'm so thrilled to be living mm-hmm. in Britain. I just imagine that they went out that night and, like, shot a bunch of people, buried them, and then had sex. <laughs> we committed vehicular manslaughter. Oh, my uh, God. And that is <laughs> Oh, my God. Have you seen – there's, like, a conspiracy theory that – Taylor Swift and Harry Styles have co- committed vehicular manslaughter because Why? of like some of their songs. I think it's mostly because of the song "Out of the Woods." Because I know they got into like some sort of not a car accident. I think it was were like they a, dating? Yeah, a Taylor Swift. Yeah, did you not know this? We're moving forward <laughs> in the year of our Lord, twenty twelve. Um, Taylor Swift and Harry Styles dated. Wow. But yeah, there is a theory. There's like a Spotify playlist with all the songs that have clues about it. Anyways, not relevant. But back in bed, <laughs> back to vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, back in bed, Bridget asks Daniel very boldly. She's like Daniel. Oh. Do you love me? Why why did she just turn into the children from the holiday? (laughs) Daniel, it's so nice to have a man around the house. Berry kiss. (laughs) I love your lipstick. (laughs) I really like it. Oh my god. (laughs) I really like it. I need to be euthanized. Oh, we never God. have a lady around the house. <laughs> Daddy, do Mr. Napkin Head. It's so funny. Do I have five marshmallows? You all have five marshmallows. Not even a good line, just one that we haven't said yet. I'm glad that we have now said basically every single line that they yeah. say in the movie. Oh, but oh my the gosh. three musketeers. 
Ugh. Yeah. If you haven't watched The Holiday yet this year, you better watch yeah, check it. Check out our podcast. Guys, um, I heard that there's this beautiful episode. I don't know if you've heard mm. of it. There's this podcast, Movies That Raised Us. Oh check God. it out. Yeah. Link in bio. Link in bio, baby. So, yeah, after she, as a child, asks him if he loves her, he says, shut up or I'll do it again. And so she asks him again. She's like, do you love me? And he's like, okay, come oh, here. And then, God. like, they get ready for, like, round two of All whatever they were doing. are quaking because they're, like, more vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> Please, ma'am, no. Thank God it's Just legal say here. I love you. I, yeah, yeah. Please don't hurt anyone else. <laughs> for the health and prosperity of the country. <laughs> oh, my God. In the morning, Bridget wakes up and Daniel gives her some bad news he's like i have to go back into town i have a meeting first thing tomorrow and she's like well you could just pop into the party for a minute this chick literally just said that well i guess she didn't say that she loves him but she definitely asked him and now he is leaving Mm -hmm. not a good sign i would freak out i would be freaking the fuck out so very stressful he's like no 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 i have so much work to do i gotta go And she's like, Daniel, if you've changed your mind about me, just say so because I don't see what could be so important. And he's like, of course not because you don't know how much trouble this company is in. You just do press releases. Meanwhile, the Americans are flying in because they might shut us down. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll arrange. I'm so sorry. He's like, (laughs) he calms down. He's like, I'll arrange for a card to take you back to London after the party. And he also thinks it's very important that she wins this costume competition and puts a pair of bunny ears on her. This scene, like, really just breaks my heart. Yeah, it's really awful. I find this just, like, the hardest scene because, I mean, Bridget just wants it so badly and she's giving him so many outs there. I know. And it's like, Mm. girls, like, you don't have to give him so many outs. He's being a shitty asshole. There's no excuse for his behavior. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that she asks him if he's, like, changed her mind, if he's changed his mind. Like, Bridget, no, you deserve so much more. Yeah. And he also, you know, could have taken that out, but yeah, didn't, Which says a lot about his character. Yeah. Pitiful. Disgusting. Um, but, you know, she's feeling okay. She's got her buddy ears on. The armor of all, all women. Um, so she walks up to the party in her cute little playboy bunny outfit looking so good honestly bridget pulls Mm. off the look um but she walks up and she realizes that the theme has been changed and she did not get the memo and not only did the theme get changed it got changed to no theme yeah just regular regular garden yeah garden party boring mm-hmm. and Una comes over and Bridget's asking why nobody else is dressed up and Una's like oh dear Jeffrey didn't call you did he Well, you know that the theme has been changed and creepy Uncle Jeffrey is just over oh. there like ha, 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 ha. just salivating at Bridget mm, gross so disgusting no tarts and dickers mm. happening which just leaves Bridget in a very vulnerable position after an already rough morning and yeah. of course snotty Natasha is with Mark Darcy and his family and goes, bizarre what some men find attractive. Why? Like, it's like, you know what I find attractive, Natasha? Nice people. Yeah, it's like, why do you need to say that? What's get a life? Like, have some sympathy. Mm-hmm. So Bridget's mom and her new boyfriend, Julian, are there and they come up to say hi. 
And um, Bridget's like, oh, is dad here? And she's like, yeah, oh my God. He's like acting very strange. He keeps like trying to flirt with people. Like he was just trying to flirt with this woman and she felt so uncomfortable. And we see like the dad like trying to talk to women and they're just all like, ooh. He's like sweet. I don't know what everyone's issue is. He's so sweet. I feel so bad. He won an Oscar this year. I mean, the year of this movie. Yeah. Not for this movie. Very oh, nice. what did he win for? Iris, maybe? Oh. A movie that I had never heard of, honestly. I have no idea. But she then goes to, like, find her dad later on, and he's, like, sitting alone, dressed as a priest. He also didn't get the memo. And there's also another one of their cousins that is, like, fully dressed in, like, very traditional Catholic robes. Yeah, poor Bernard. Went rough, hard for the same. Yeah, rough time for cousin Bernard. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I'm over here being like, Bernard, the elf. <laughs> I'm with you guys haven't done this year, but, but I really yeah. respect like people who go hard for the theme and her dad was just chilling on the yeah. on a toadstool just yeah. unexplained nope. but there's a toadstool there <laughs> he's just chilling on it i felt it very necessary that we include that in the podcast definitely definitely um but yeah he's just like feeling really bad he's super down and bridget you know sees how sad he is and tells him that she's sorry and he says, like, oh, like the way that she looked at me, Aww. like, I just feel so awful. It's really rough. Like, the woman that you love that left you is looking at you with pity. Ooh. So Bridget then tells her dad that she loves him, and he says that he loves her, and, you know, she says that it's only temporary. And dad is like, I don't know. So then after this chat, Bridget rejoins the party. Back at the party, Una calls Bridget over, and she's like, you're not the only one who didn't get the memo. Penny clearly didn't get the call either. And Penny's like, I did, though. She's wearing this, like, cute, like, pink top. There's some frills on it. But yeah. everyone's, like... She looks great. Yeah, I think her outfit's cute. Everyone's mm-hmm. quite catty at this garden party. It's not a chill vibe. The vibes yeah. are rancid at the party. And Aunt Una then asks Bridget what her boyfriend's name is. And Mark interrupts, and he's like, Daniel Cleaver. And Una's like, oh, are you guys uh, friends? Or do you have a friendship? And Mark is like, absolutely not. Aunt Una is like, well, I hope he's good enough for Bridget. And Mark is like, absolutely not. Very tense. I would be pissed if my boyfriend yeah. was saying this. I would be like, you have anything you want to say? You have something to say about this? Yeah, if a guy was like, yeah, your boyfriend's not good enough yeah, to Yeah, what the frick? Or for you to, like, a stranger. But to be fair, I mean, he was right. Yeah. He is right. He just, like, for sure. he's out of line, but he is right. Yeah. He's so passive, yeah. and I'm like, you don't like Natasha. Like, you shouldn't be hanging out with yeah. her. That really is Mark's worst quality, is the fact that he, for whatever reason, keeps hanging out with Natasha, even though he doesn't like her. Yeah. That and obviously leaving Bridget for a conversation just to eat hors d'oeuvres, but. So Natasha Mm. ends up calling Mark over. He walks away. Bridget then notices Aunt Shirley, who also didn't get the memo. She is, like, hiding, dressed to impress in a complete tart (laughs) costume. Yeah. So Bridget leaves the party, and she heads back to London, and she goes right to Daniel's apartment, still wearing her bunny suit. I think it's important to note. Mm-hmm. And she's feeling super down, of course. Yeah. And Daniel opens the door and just says that he has a couple of things left to finish up, but he'll meet her later for dinner. He's acting a little fishy. Mm-hmm. 
And Bridget feels like she hears something. So she goes upstairs and, like, looks in the bedroom, like, convinced that there's going to be a woman there. And there's nothing. And Daniel apologizes for not being at the party. And then they go back and forth, like, saying sorry. So cute, you know. And he asks for one hour. And she's like, that's totally fine. And she's just like, remember last night when I said I love you? <laughs> I didn't mean it. I was being ironic. Ah! And she's just super embarrassing and super embarrassed yeah. and he tells her it's okay and Bridget leaves again she's like right out the door when her eyes flicker over to I don't have one of them so I can't remember the name like a cardigan the coat rack a cardigan oh oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. the yes, coat yeah, hook um and it's a little lightly sequined pink sweater bad news bears baby yeah mm. so she runs back to the bedroom opens the bathroom door, the ensuite, and sitting on the ledge of the freaking tub is a naked woman <laughs> with a gigantic Bro. portfolio. So uncomfortable. Have you ever sat on the edge of a bath of a bathtub? Yeah, I that don't shit's cold. why would I do that by choice? No. Very Never. Cold. It is. And that's yeah. ridged. I hate to hear yeah. it. She's holding this like giant portfolio that is like covering her entire torso basically. Daniel like runs up behind Bridget and he's like uh, Bridget, this is Lara from the New York office. And Lara decides to take this moment to say, I thought you said she was thin. Unnecessary. Pretty wild of her to say. Rude as hell. This is when I come yeah. into the movie. The door's open, so I run up the stairs and I just drown her in the tub. Lara doesn't come again. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say smack a bitch, but that works. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take advantage of the scenery. Yeah. Um, so Bridget is like completely shocked. She can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And she leaves. Poor Bridget. So Bridget goes home. <laughs> yeah. She's devastated, still in costume. And <laughs> someone wrote in the notes that they know she's having a rough time. But Bridget, please refrigerate your ketchup after opening. It wasn't me. <laughs> Phil, Phil, why did you write that? Oh, my gosh. Clearly Phil's note. Bridget decides to take a bath and she cries. Really a sad moment. She watches a movie where someone gets shot and then she watches this nature documentary about lions. Is it Glenn Close? Is it Glenn Close that gets shot? Oh yeah, I think it is Glenn Close. I tried to figure it out, but I was like not trying hard enough. So the next work day, Bridget goes into work. And of course, Lara is in the office with Daniel. And Bridget has to sit at her desk and watch them together. Yeah. Um, So horrible. And Bridget has to bring him some papers. And Daniel interrupts her when she's just trying to do her work. And he tells her that he feels terrible. And the truth is that he and Bridget are too similar. They're two people of a certain age looking to commit and finding it hard to. Annoying. And you know what? In the end, it's got to be something extraordinary to really make them settle down. And he thinks that with Lara's American confidence and youth, don't know how young she's supposed to be. Let's remember that Bridget's just 32. Yeah. Yeah. That they have become really close. And Bridget's like, you just met her, you know? She flew in yesterday. And Daniel is like, well, we work together in the New York office. Uh. And then he tells her essentially that they've been together this whole time. Ah. Like a lot of the time that they were together. Just horrible. And just to really kick her when she's down, he tells her that they're 
engaged. That's pretty fucking wild. This is where I would I end it. Would fully just punched him in the face, threw him out that glass window. I've said yeah. a lot of violent things <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> um, but Bridget, she just walks out of his office and goes back to her desk. So we then hear Bridget's voiceover. She says, At times like this, continuing with one's life seems impossible, and eating the entire contents of one's fridge seems inevitable. We then see her, like, completely empty fridge with one block of, like, moldy cheese in it. So she pulls the cheese out and, like, scrapes the mold off of it. Uh, It's a real, like, rock bottom And this is no blue cheese. This is no... No. Mm -hmm. This is like a mild cheddar that got <laughs> some manchego mold on it. I mean, she lives right across yeah. the street from like Barrow Market. Yeah, groceries are right there. She then like grabs a box of like muesli and just eats it raw, like out of the box. She says that she can either give up and experience a permanent state of spinsterhood and be eaten by wolves, or not. She has decided that she will not be defeated. And instead, she chooses vodka and Shaka Khan, <laughs> a great combination. Um, so she just starts, like, taking shots, vibing to music. She does end up passing out. It happens. Oh, my god. And gosh. we see this kind of, like, montage of, like, all of her memories, like, with her and Daniel. And she's like, I'm leaving it in the past, baby. The only Daniel in my life is Daniel Tiger. <laughs> Daniel Tiger will never do you wrong. No, he will not. I don't know who Daniel Tiger is. <laughs> it's a kid's it's a show. show. It's fully a children's oh, cartoon. It's a spinoff of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which I just learned because I've never seen Daniel Tiger. Ah. Oh, yeah. When I was babysitting, I had to watch a lot of Daniel Tiger's is Neighborhood. Good? I mean, it's... <laughs> Objectively. Is it good if I should turn it on? Would you do a little binge watching? <laughs> I mean, I've never watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, so I I can't say that, if it lives up. That clears up or a not. lot of things about your personality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listeners, if you are familiar with Daniel Tiger, please DM us. Let us know. So we get a little montage. I'm every woman plays. Bridget is working out again. She throws away her empty liquor bottles, cigarettes, and dating self help books. Instead, she replaces them. Um, with self-help books for being an independent woman. Yes, Bridget. Yeah, she's having yes. like a good time. She's like, all right, I'm not going to sulk. I'm going to get back out there, mm-hmm. help myself. Shaka Khan can do that too, really. And mm-hmm. she starts applying for new jobs in TV and news. She goes on multiple interviews. She takes a couple, but on the last one, they ask her, you know, why she wants to work in TV. And she's like, I need to leave my current job because... I shagged my boss. And he's like, all right, sounds good. You start on Monday. So she goes into the office, back to the publishing house, and she tells Daniel that she is leaving. And Daniel tries to mm-hmm. convince her to stay at the publishing house. But Bridget is like, nope, sorry, I've got to leave. And he stops her on her way out and says that her contract requires six weeks notice. Which, I mean, come on, man. Like, you know that you just cheated on her for, like, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, six weeks, that's like almost two months. That's like a long time. Yeah. I mean, for a place that employs Mr. Tits Pervert, it seems like a lot of notice. But Bridget just quips right back at Daniel and says, well, you know, given how much trouble the company is in, you wouldn't miss the person who walks around and see through tops fanning about with press releases, which is just throwing right back in Daniel's face something that he had said to her earlier in the movie. 
And now yeah. whenever I say Daniel, I just think of Daniel Tiger. <laughs> Daniel Tiger, Daniel Tiger, Daniel yeah. Tiger. Daniel Cleaver. Daniel Daniel like, what should I do? <laughs> um, but Daniel follows Bridget into the main office and Perpetua is like, I want to hear this because if she gives one inch, I'll fire her for being totally spineless. This is Perpetua's redemption arc. <laughs> this is her redemption yeah. story. After she leaves work, she's like, Natasha, I can't be friends with you anymore. You're an awful human. <laughs> yeah. So Daniel then is like, he has the entire office like watching, listening to him talk to Bridget. And he's like, well, there's lots of prospects for someone as talented as you. Somebody who perhaps for unfair reasons has been overlooked professionally. And Bridget is like, well, thank you, Daniel. That is very good to know. But if staying means working within 10 yards of you, frankly, I'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass. And then, R-E-S-P-E-C-D, yes. I know what it means to me. Starts playing. Oh, it's so good. A great callback to that yeah. opening scene where we meet Daniel Cleaver. Mm-hmm. 100%. And Bridget walks right out of that yes. office. Head held high. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. So next scene, new job, new gal. She is working at Sit Up Britain. It is bonfire night and they are on fire. Um, bonfire night, I learned, is like Guy Fox night. Some sort of like anti-establishment holiday in the UK. Does that have anything to do with Cromwell? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. No history lessons here at Movies That Raised Us. No. This is all alleged. (laughs) But (laughs) um, I just know there's like fireworks. I think it's like some sort of a celebration of when there was some sort of like political overthrow or something like that. Because Guy Fawkes is like the symbol of anarchy. Mm -hmm. But at the fire station, Bridget is ready to do her first piece. Um, Her boss is like, Bridget, go put on more makeup, get into a miniskirt, and slide down that pole and start the interview. And she's like, great, I'll do it. Christina, what was it that I called Sit Up Britain the other night? Oh, I don't I remember. Couldn't, I couldn't remember what it's called. It was like, it was like sit tight Britain or something. Like, get up, England. Yeah. <laughs> something just so slightly wrong. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> And Bridget is getting ready for her live broadcast at the fire station in Lewisham. Lewisham? Lewish- Lewisham. 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 <laughs> I think I said it right the first time. Lewisham. Lewisham. Yeah, Lewisham. Yeah. And they tell her that they're going to put her on camera. And she's like, oh. They want her to enter the shot by sliding down the fireman's pole. I don't know if any of you have been what? told to try to slide down a fireman's pole before, but I was a Girl Scout. And I was like, hell no, I'm not mm. doing that. And so the camera crew signals her to slide down the pole. And then they're all like, no, no, too early, too early. Climb back up. Because it's totally reasonable to ask someone sliding down a fireman's pole. So she tries to like kind of shimmy back up. But they're like, no, 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 go, go, go. Lots of mixed communication here at Sit Up Britain. And she ends up sliding down and landing ass first onto the camera. Oh my God. And all of Britain has now seen an upskirt shot of Bridget Jones. Happily, <sighs> I did not think that she was wearing the granny panties. But yeah. 
poor bridge cannot cut like she cannot catch a break she can't get a break mm-hmm. yeah yeah so bridget then starts like rewinding and like rewatching <laughs> her mishap on tv like over and over and over again and then she checks her like planner and is like oh fuck i'm supposed to be having dinner with magda and jeremy and she says that the only thing worse than a smug married couple is lots of smug married couples yeah she is not ready for this dinner she shows up meets all the couples and jeremy's partners from chambers oh and who else would be there shaka khan (laughs) (laughs) and we see natasha and mark darcy of course natasha makes a comment Mm -hmm. about bridget's bunny outfit are you like don't understand what her problem is yeah but someone asked bridget if she's still going out with daniel and bridget's like no but mark looks interested when he hears this um and they start berating her and are like well you gotta get married soon old gal time is running out she's 32 she's so young it's ridiculous and bridget's like hmm yes tell me is it one in four marriages or one in three that end in divorce and Darcy's like, one in three. The tides are changing. Mm-hmm. And then one of these guys, he uh, keeps going on saying that offices are full of women in their 30s that can't hold down a chop. I don't remember what his voice Ugh. sounds like, so that's the voice I've given him. I can also not remember <laughs> yeah. what, her wife, what his wife sounds like. So there are so many unmarried women in their 30s these days, <laughs> and everyone looks like her. And... Oh... <laughs> Boom, everyone looks at her. There is not a comma, nor quotation marks. I was like, I don't remember. And every unmarried woman looks like you. Oh, it's too warm in this room. This is... This is what happens when people aren't used to me and Mo's, like, yeah, shoddy, short like, shorthand. Well, his wife, whose accent I'm also going to do, says, why there's so many unmarried women in the 30s these days? <laughs> and everyone looks at her. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Doesn't help that under our clothes are covered in scales. And no one laughs. Been there. Absolute cricket. Mm. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should redo the whole bit just in case. Oh, no, no. I think we got it. I'm definitely <laughs> yeah, going to keep that laughing good. today because it was very funny. Okay, we got it. <laughs> so after this hellish dinner, Bridget is getting the fuck out of there. So she's like in the foyer putting her coat on when Mark comes down to talk to her. And he's like, I really enjoyed your Lewisham fire report. And she's like, ha ha, thank you very much. And he then tells her that he's delighted to hear that things didn't work out with her and Daniel. Oh my God. And Bridget's like, why do you go out of your way to make me feel like a complete idiot? You really don't need to. I already feel like an idiot most of the time. And she starts to leave to like get, catch her cab outside. And Mark apologizes, and he's like, no, like, I don't think you're an idiot at all. That's my line. That's my cue. Okay. So he's like, there are elements of ridiculous about you. You're a bad public speaker. You don't really think before you speak. 
You know, when we met at the turkey curry buffet, I was really rude and I was wearing that awful jumper my mom gave me. But what he is trying to say is that he likes her very much. <laughs> and she's like, uh-huh, apart from the smoking and the drinking and my mother and the verbal diarrhea. And he cuts her off and he says, no, I like you very much, just as you are. <laughs> the best line. Mark Darcy, I love you. I, uh, I, love, I love you just as you are. Yeah. And this is when he should have gone home with her and made sure she was all right. Mm -hmm. But, of course, Natasha interrupts and summons Mark to join their conversation about the case. With lots of snaps. She, like, snaps at him very aggressively. Come on. Rude. Come on, sweetie. Come on, babe. Babe. So Mark says goodbye to Bridget and heads back upstairs. After the scene, we cut to Bridget's friends, and she's telling them about, like, what Mark said. And Jude is like just as you are like not thinner with or with like bigger breasts or a smaller nose and Shazer is like well fuck me <laughs> and Tom is like this is someone you hate right and Bridget's like um yeah yeah totally I totally totally hate him I don't like he him sucks. at all so next scene it's November 9th it's Bridget's birthday she's 33 so of course she wakes up covered in scales it's very scary it's mm -hmm. now a sci-fi yeah. movie and her <laughs> boss gives her an assignment for the Agani Heaney case November 9th a Scorpio mm -mm. I don't think that doesn't track, that doesn't track. It, it doesn't make sense what do you think Bridget is her what do you think her sign is you guys are talking about water signs for her or an Aries oh yeah Aries mm. maybe she's definitely not an earth sign Mm, no. There's nothing grounded <laughs> about this woman. Yeah. I, as as a tourist. But she does like being inside and drinking alcohol. That's true. Which I can say from experience is a big touring drink. She could be like a an airy sun with like a cancer. No, rising. we're getting the cancer oh out. Oh my god. That. We're putting Pisces of anything of any water. We're getting cancer out. Yeah, it's true. She's true. like a romantic, Pisces. like at heart. I could see that. Yeah. Taurus energy mm -hmm. in that regard at least she could have like a Taurus moon maybe I think she might have some Sag in there or maybe some Capricorn even this is where we read mm. Bridget's birth chart if, if she has any <laughs> if she has any earth it would be Capricorn that's true I don't know okay but <laughs> Bridget has no idea what this case is about of course yeah yeah but it, basically a man may be extradited if he loses the case today and killed I don't remember that. Being, I don't remember the stakes being that high. Yeah, they were Very like, high. if he gets extradited, he'll be hung for sure. He was a freedom fighter. Yeah. And he married like a woman from the UK. And like they were trying to keep him there. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Bridget goes down to the courthouse and waits for the defendant. She decides that she has some time to go buy some cigarettes and leaves the court. But as she's buying the cigarettes, a man from behind asks her to hurry up. And she turns around and lo and behold... <gasps> Who is ah, it but Mr. Mark, Mark Darcy. Darcy? Turns out she missed Mr. Agani, but Mark offers to help her get the interview because he's the one who's defending him. Oh my God. Bridget gets the interview and it's really touching and enthralling and she asks some really good questions and some really cute questions and her boss calls her mm. a legend. Ah. B is killing it right now. She's, She's doing back mess. on top. So Bridget decides to celebrate her success by cooking an amazing birthday feast for her and her friends. Ah, so sweet. 
she like tries to follow this recipe where you have to like tie like celery and leek together for like a soup and she doesn't have string so she uses this like blue like (laughs) plasticky ribbon she's like that'll work and i'm like sweetie no there's dye in that it's not gonna go well she like pulls out the bottle and i'm like don't worry bridge i've also gotten so destroyed by attempting to cook that i've also just turned to the elk it's hard it's a hard time she then gets a phone call from her mom and her mom is telling her that, you know, it turns out Julian is actually a shit. And she kind of, like, starts talking about their sex life. And Bridget's like, I can't talk about this. Goodbye. Hangs up. Suddenly, there's a knock at the door. And who is it but the beautiful Mark Darcy? Yeah. Meanwhile, Bridget is, like, covered in paste from, like, whatever the fuck she's cooking. And he's like, I just wanted to come and congratulate you and show you this article and it's like there's this whole like full page like write up about her in the newspaper with like her picture all about this interview and like the way that he looks at her i can't even handle it it's like it's insane and bridget's just standing in front of him unable to speak and all i think that she can remember is that conversation that she had with her friends and she just Mm -hmm. goes you like me just the way i am and it's just so (sighs) cute it's the cutest thing so Bridget gets cleaned up and asks Mr. Darcy how the soup is. It is blue. It's looking bad. It's looking murky. Bridget starts to freak out and Mark is like, don't worry. Your friends are here to see you. Not orange parfait in sugar cages and pours her a drink. They cheers. He wishes her a happy birthday. And Bridget asks if she really used to run around his lawn naked. And he's like, yes, you were four and I was eight. And she's like, that's a pretty big age difference. It's quite pervy, really. And he's like, yes, I think so. (laughs) So Bridget asks what they're going to do about dinner. And Mark is like, do you have any eggs? He whips off his jacket and he whips up some omelets. You know what I'm saying, ladies? Yes. I, I can't even talk about this scene. I don't know why it gets to me the way that it does. But just him like throwing off his jacket and he's like right hand me the eggs (laughs) i'm like oh my god i am pregnant with your child sir this podcast (laughs) is now x-rated 100 percent (laughs) explicit they end up cooking together they're flirting it's very cute then the buzzer rings it's bridget's friends who all stop dead in their tracks as soon as they see him hello (laughs) So they all sit down for dinner, and they start with the blue soup, and they try their best to compliment it all before they all start just breaking out laughing. And this is where I felt like I had to ask you guys that if I made this mistake, if I had tried so hard, would you eat it? I would try it, but I probably wouldn't eat all of it. <laughs> to be fair, I probably wouldn't have made you eat it. Yeah. But it depends I would on how many tears went in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, being a great conversationalist, Shazza is like, so, Mark, why did your wife leave you? And Bridget then interrupts and is like, eat up, two more courses. (laughs) They have dessert. Darcy says that is the most incredible shit. And they all just laugh. They joke about the dinner and they make a toast to Bridget. Bridget, who cannot cook, but we love just as she is. Side eye to Mark yeah. Darcy. And Bridget and Mark just uh, share a look. My God. So then right after that beautiful moment, um, the buzzer rings. 
and Jude answers the door. And who is it but motherfucking Daniel Cleaver? Gag. Uh, he comes in holding a bottle of champagne and he's like, oh, Darcy, what are you doing here? And they're all like, what are you doing here? And Daniel's like, I thought you might be alone and God, I'm such an idiot. And Bridget's like, yes, Daniel, like, let's go. Let's go chat. So they go out onto the balcony to like talk it out. And somehow she has just the most beautiful balcony. Just the balcony of dreams. It's so nice. I'm like, what is your salary? Oh my God. What is your rent? Like, man. Yeah. So Bridget and Daniel talk, and he explains to her that he felt like everything was moving so fast and he needs her. And she's like, okay, what about Laura? And he's like, she dumped me when she realized that I wasn't over you. And they end up leaning in to kiss. What? But Mark is like, I gotta go. And Bridget almost follows him. She almost does it. And mm-hmm. she decides not to. And then she turns around and she's like, Daniel, what are you doing here? Cut to all of her friends vigorously smoking, <laughs> eavesdropping on the conversation. So Mark comes back inside and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, Daniel, come outside right now. Everyone runs over to the window. And in the peak of cinema... Mark just mm. punches Daniel right in the face. Yeah. And then Tom runs over to the re- to a restaurant, this Greek restaurant that happens to be like right around the corner from. Yeah, Bridget's this is apartment. like all happening in the street outside of Bridget's and apartment. They're like, yeah. There's a fight. Yeah, it's raining men starts playing while it's they're having this fight. It is peak cinema oh my god it's so good yeah the men start fighting in the street while like the lightning strikes and all these guys from the greek restaurant just like pour out into the street and watch and honestly (laughs) i would like colin firth punch me in the face more than once (laughs) tom asks shazer and jude uh whose side they're on and they're all like mark obviously he never dumped her for an american and he likes her just the way she is and bridget is like well he also shagged daniel's fiance um, and Tom says that it's a hard one to call. <laughs> um, so the fight somehow tumbles out of the street and into that Greek restaurant. And this is yeah. where I have to ask, why do all Greek restaurants look the same? Yeah. With the murals and the thing is it's so it's and everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then there's this one moment of gold where the fight just has a nice little intermission as this large Parthenon cake is brought down yeah. for some Insane, child's birthday. Truly. Which I just realized right now that this person has the same birthday as Bridget. We kind of forget that it's her birthday. Oh, true. Um, oh, yeah. And they all stop to sing happy birthday for this person. And I love Mark Darcy even more because he just goes, <laughs> happy birthday, dear, what's his name? <laughs> and it's just so cute. Yeah, um, and they start. Fi- they're just fighting. Like the fighting resumes, and they're fighting all over the tables. And I really love this one moment where Mark lands on a table and like in this one mm-hmm. guy's food, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And he proceeds to. Oh, wipe yeah, he's like, "I'll pay God. for it." Yeah, but he proceeds yeah. to wipe his like hummusy hands like all over this man's like <laughs> not at all dirty jacket. And I'm like, yeah, Mark, you're not helping anything there. Um, but right after this moment, they just go whoosh, right through the window. Oh, my God. It's a lot. I'm getting riled up. It's rough. Yeah. yeah so they, like, are, they've landed on the street, and they're like, okay, like, fine. It's, it's over. Like, 
it's done like truce they decide to end the fight mark starts to walk away and daniel's like wanker and then mark turns right around and gets in like one last punch to the face knock him out yeah so then daniel ends up like falling on his ass like in the broken glass it's actually kind of dangerous and then bridget like rushes over to daniel turns to mark and she's like what's wrong with you and he's like excuse me and she's like you pretend you're all superior but you're just as bad as the rest of them and i'm just like no bridget no he's not as bad as the rest of them it's not and then mark is like oh clearly you're operating under a false impression of me and starts and he just leaves he walks Mm -hmm. away daniel then like wakes up from his you know somewhat comatose state (laughs) And he tells Bridget that they should be together. He's like, you know, if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone. And she kind of looks at him and she's like, well, that's not good enough for me. I'm not going to gamble my life on someone who's not quite sure. Yes, Bridget. I'm looking for something more extraordinary than that. Yes. And then she walks back to her apartment, leaving Daniel in the street. Shake him off. No more Daniel Mm -hmm. Cleaver, please. So we fast forward a bit. It's Christmas and Bridget's back home with her father. They're drunk, hanging out, and they watch their mother on TV with Julian showing off um, some earrings or what is it, hats. But they're wearing those cute little Christmas hats from the crackers. And dad Mm -hmm. is like, I just don't understand the appeal with Julian. Clearly on TV, things are tense between the two of them. That's my impression of her father. (laughs) okay so bridget turns off the tv and she's like i'm gonna go to bed suddenly though who else should come through the door but her mother Mm. yeah and bridget goes up the stairs and you can see her sitting at the top of the stairs by um the banister and she's like sitting there like a little kid and watching her mom and dad talk and her mom pleads to her father, saying that, like, she really hopes that they could try again. And it's so hard for her because Bridget and her husband are so close, and they always make fun of how silly she is. And she misses when he was just crazy about her. I was talking about this with Phil, and I was like, why do moms always get shat on? Like, in any TV series, a movie, it's always like the mom has just take so much crap from, like... <laughs> The kids, the husband. Yeah. I'm pro-mom, but I don't love this Mm. character. I will not lie. But that's just a personal opinion. (laughs) Um, She does say a lot of uh, inflammatory things. Yeah, she doesn't like Japanese people to start with. Oh, yeah. But her dad's thinking it over, and he's like, I don't know, it's been really hard. And the mom starts to cry, and he's really pulling this off. And he just goes... I'm joking, you daft cow. (laughs) And they hug, and he says that he just doesn't work without her. And they kiss, and they laugh. And it's all patched up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a couple takes of I'm joking, you daft cow, just for, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, I'm joking, you daft cow. I'm joking, you daft cow. (laughs) This is the intro line for the pod. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. I'm joking, you daft cow. (laughs) I'm joking, you daft cow. Uh, How would I say this to you if I was joking? I'm joking, you daft cow. I'm joking, you daft cow. I'm joking, you daft cow. 
That seems pretty loving. I said I was saying that yeah. directly to Christina in the video chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think we got cool. it. <laughs> Moving on. I think we got the chain. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, mom tells Bridget that she needs to get dressed for the Darcy's Ruby anniversary party. And she's like, by the way, Mark Darcy will be there. He's still single. And Bridget is like absolutely fucking not i will not be going to that and mom is like it's such a hard time of year for him you know his wife left him on christmas day and bridget in the distance is like yeah well i'm not quite sure he didn't deserve it and the mom then says that she ran off with his best friend from cambridge Uh, he was the best man at his wedding and then on christmas eve he came to them having sex in his house Mm-mm. Yikes! Mm-mm. No, with a big folder on her lap. <laughs> <laughs> so Bridget now knows that Daniel Cleaver is a goddamn liar, and she's like, "Give me five minutes. I need to get ready asap." So she like hustles to her bedroom, gets ready for this party. So they're driving to the party, but Bridget is just like super anxious, and she's like, "Dad, you're driving too slow. Make some stop in the middle of the road so they can like switch places and she can drive." She's driving very recklessly <laughs> um, on what I assume are very icy roads. Yeah, but they make it to the party to a beautiful house. Oh my god, stunning! So at the wedding party, Bridget confronts Mark. She apologizes, but Natasha comes over. And she's like, we need to start ASAP. Like, your dad wants to make a speech. Bridget is like, can we just go somewhere and talk for a minute? They go downstairs in this little alcove. And she's like, listen, you wear the stupid things your mother buys you. You're haughty. You always say the wrong thing. And you should really rethink the length of your sideburns. (laughs) But you're a nice man and I like you. And if you wanted to pop by sometime, that'd be more than nice. Mm -mm. And he's like, right. Crikey. Oh, man. Yeah. And then they go back upstairs so that Mark's dad can make his toast. And he says that he's so proud to congratulate him on making senior partner in New York. Mm. Uh. And he says that Natasha will be joining him in New York and says some sort of slightly vague comment about how they're so excited to welcome her into their family because they're engaged. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, Natasha is his partner-in-law, and we hope she mm-hmm. might be something else-in-law soon. Yeah. Just uh, horrible. And Bridget just screams out, no, no. <laughs> and everyone just stares at her, and she's like, oh, oh it's just that I am – Sad to see England losing such a great legal brain to lose one of our top people. The top person, really. Oh, God. So rough. Mm. And then Bridget just says, well, I've got another party to go to. Lots of single people, most of them gay, and leaves. So Bridget is in her feelings. Mm-hmm. We have this little montage, you know, she takes a train back to London. Mm-hmm. We see Mark flies to New York. He does not look happy either. Bridget then scribbles out the name on her diary and changes it from Bridget Jones Diary to Diary of Bridget Jones, Spinster and Lunatic. Then her buzzer rings and it's her friends. They've decided to come and surprise her 
And they say because she's been feeling so down about the whole Darcy thing, they want to like help her forget it, that they're going to take her to Paris for the weekend. Ah, what so a cool fun. Thing. Yeah, and Shazer's like, if he doesn't want you, then fuck him. Upset that you guys never did this for me. <laughs> I mean, if I could. Just a quick drive to Paris. <laughs> Just uh, shameful, really. <laughs> yeah, and Shazer's like, you know, he, he has all this talk about saying how he likes you, but has he ever stuck his fucking tongue down your fucking throat? And Bridget's like, no, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. So they get her all packed, and they get ready to head out to Paris. Meanwhile, Mark has landed in New York, looks mm-hmm. at a cab, and then turns right back yes. around. Bye-bye. So her friends are loading into their tiny Mini Cooper while Bridget looks for her keys to lock up behind her. She finds them just as the one, the only, Ugh. Mark Darcy strolls on up. Ugh. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I wanted to know if you were available for bar mitzvahs and christenings as well as anniversary parties. Excellent speech. And she's like, I thought you were in America. And he says he was, but he forgot something back at home. And he's like, I'd forgotten to um, kiss you goodbye. Do you mind? And she's like, not really, no. And leans in to kiss. And she's like, so you're not going to America? And Darcy's like, no, I'm staying here. And he tries to kiss her again. But Bridget's friends start cheering and honking, ruining the moment. And Bridget's like, I won't be joining the trip. And they're like, good, there wasn't room anyway. Yes. And her and Mark head upstairs. Yeah, they get to her kitchen, and Mark starts kissing her now. Like, immediately. And it's just so hot. It's just... Oh, my God. It is Colin Firth, juicy, sexy neck kisses. Yes. I don't... Not many men can pull it off the way Mark Darcy does, I must say. No. No. Um, she excuses herself for a moment and asks him to just occupy himself because, you know, she's wearing some ugly underwear, and she needed to go find her ugly <laughs> pants, as they say. <laughs> This reminded me, so, like, last year, I, oh like, went to this party, like, at this bar. Mo was there. I was. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, very unexpectedly ended up going home with a man. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, wearing Spanx because I was wearing this, like, dress that they just looked better when I was wearing Spanx. So I was like, okay, before we go, I'm just going to go to the bathroom real quick. And I, like, ran to the bathroom took off my boots and my tights <laughs> and my Spanx, shoved that shit in my purse, and put my tights back on my you boots. You just commando like, for the rest of the night, baby? No, I was wearing underwear under my Spanx. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh. But shit is hard when you're not prepared for a gentleman call. It really is. And I don't know, she pulls out this really, honestly, <laughs> rather garish pair of leopard yeah. Underwear, which I mean, I respect. <laughs> Not but... even leopard. It's like tiger print. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Pretty I, don't know. I got my animals yeah. confused. I know exactly what it looks like. <laughs> I yeah. have a clear image in my head, but I haven't. I haven't yeah. tested my animals in a while. I'm trying to really forget yeah. Daniel Tiger. So please, if you could just let me have this one. <laughs> Who would have thought that tigers would have been such a prominent theme in this episode? Not me. That's yeah. Sure. Not Honestly, me. Tigers come up in this episode more than gherkins come up in this movie. That's true. Yeah. Um, speaking of, she leaves the room for a moment to go find her hot underwear, and mm-hmm. he's like standing in her entranceway, sort of, 
or well, it's in her kitchen. She's she's standing in her kitchen yeah. and there's this pile of newspapers. And he moves the newspaper over slightly and sees her diary open to a page. Mm. And she writes about how her mom was scraping the barrel, trying to set her up with Mark Darcy. She calls him uptight, rude, unpleasant, dull. No wonder his wife left him. Really just so rough. And then we get our final Gherkin reference of the movie, where she writes that Mark Darcy has a giant Gherkin stuck up his backside. Mm. Ah. Which, I mean, those are the funny quips I write in my journal, too, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he just puts it down, and he leaves. Yeah, meanwhile, back in her bedroom, Bridget, like, hears the door close. So she, like, goes outside into the kitchen, just wearing, like, her underwear and a tank top. And she's like, Mark? And sees that he's gone. She then looks out the window and sees him, like, walking away from her apartment. And she calls after him, but he, like, keeps walking. And she's like, what the fuck just happened? And then finds her open diary, like, on the table. And is like, oh, shit. He saw what I wrote about him. So she, like, runs out of her apartment in this tank top and underwear. Realize it is fucking snowing outside. So she comes back in, not to put on pants, but just to put on her trainers. And then grabs a cardigan and bolts out the door into the snow to find him. Trainers or sneakers? Yes. Just for those of us who are in America. Mm. She yeah. on her <laughs> mm. So she is like running down the street in the snow. There's like people everywhere and she like can't find him. She like can't catch up to him. So she's looking around and then sees him coming out of a shop and she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Well, I meant it, but I was so stupid that I didn't mean what I meant. She then realizes, A, she is in the street with her underwear Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's only a diary. It's full of crap. And he's like, I know. I was just buying you a new one. <laughs> he bought her a new moleskin. Uh, he doesn't even care. He's just so sweet. Ladies, a man will never. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is just the movies. I hate to say it. Yeah. He's trying to have a fresh start with her. And they smile. She runs up and hugs him. And the crowd is watching them. They finally get their movie kiss. Mm. Oh my god, he's so hot. It's the (laughs) sweetest scene. It's so stupid, but it's so sweet. Yeah. Bridget is like, wait a minute. Nice boys don't kiss. I hate this one. (laughs) Bridget is like, wait a minute. Nice boys don't kiss like that. And he's like, oh yes, they fucking do. (laughs) (laughs) If it was anyone else saying it, I would be vomiting. But Colin Firth can say like anything he wants to me. So like I'm fine with it. So they end up kissing and Mark wraps his coat around her and the snow falls and the movie pans out. And that is Bridget Jones' diary. Oh, it's so good. Back to yield holiday scale. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> even though Christmas is over, this is a New Year's film. We are still in the month of December. Yes. I think we can still use our holiday scale. There are Christmas elements in this film. Hard agree. So first up, we have mistletoe for all the steamy holiday romance. I mean, it's got to be a five for me. It's going to be a five as well. Interesting. I mean, in terms of holiday romance, I mean, I'm comparing this to like the holiday. That's a steamy holiday romance. I think this is definitely like steamier. Really? 
in terms of like more like bow chicka wow wow i would give this maybe like a 3.7 out of 5 in terms of steam oh my god yeah i mean i think we also gave the holiday a five i mean i'm fully for this but i mean like they don't even kiss until the last scene but i mean her and daniel have yeah i choose to forget about that i block that out for my own mental sanity yeah (laughs) it is pretty steamy that scene is a five out of five for sure yeah yeah we could meet in the middle out of four let's go for 4.5 do you guys do halves yeah oh yeah yeah, we do halves all the time yeah okay eggnog holiday cheer i mean it's not like christmas cheer but new year's i mean it's very much about like new beginnings life events what kind of life do you want to live i'll give it a Mm. three yeah yeah I would say three, too. I mean, it's it's a tricky yeah. scale here. It's not an exact science. <laughs> no. Um, candy cans performance. I got to give it a 10 out of 10, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Full marks. 100%. I mean, Renee Zellweger, Oscar nomination for yeah. Bridget Jones. Really? A rare rom-com. I have to tell Phil that. Yeah. <laughs> that accent work, that characterization. Yeah, her accent work is insane. She's yeah. Hugh Grant didn't know that she was American until the rap party. I didn't know either, according to legend. To be fair, yeah. Wow. But yeah, I think like growing up, I always thought that she was British too. But wonderful performances. Mar- yeah. Again, Colin Firth. Even Hugh Grant playing out of his oh, normal yeah. type. Yeah. You hate he him. Really, he really nails mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then finally, our out of ten, I Christmas tree rating. But I mean, it's not Christmas anymore. But whatever. Time doesn't mean anything. What is everybody's final rating out of 10? I'm going to go for an 8 out of 10 because I really like this movie. I just really love the holiday best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do really like this movie. I think uh, it's hard to compare it to the holiday. I feel like you got to take it out of the realm of holiday movie. Yeah, because like it is, I mean, if I was just rating it like on our regular scale, I would probably give it like an 8.5. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love this movie so much. I'm going to give it like a 9.67. Ooh, mm. very specific. I'll, I'll round up to, I'll do an eight and a half. <laughs> My like remaining little area right there is exclusively for the Lizzie McGuire movie. But yeah. <laughs> maybe like a 9.5, 9.5.5% left there for good old Lizzie G. Yeah. Lizzie M.G. Lizzie McG. <laughs> Lizzie McG. Lizzie McG. I mean, it really is in my top 10 favorite movies. Yeah. Top 15, top 10, 15. Yeah, Mo, you're going to have to watch um, the other ones for yeah, sure. Yeah, I got yeah. it now. Be on the edge of reason. It's definitely, like, not what I expected. Like, I didn't expect her to be so um, – have such a rough time, I suppose. But, like, in the end, she never really changes anything about herself. She kind of just decides to be, like – more confident or like want a better life for herself which i appreciate Mm. it's not like she's like i have to change everything about myself yeah she like thinks she does but then she doesn't have to yeah because mark darcy Mm -hmm. loves her just as she is (sighs) that's the moral of the story and so do her friends and her dad i think her mom thinks she could change a little (laughs) the gherkins for sure love her yes I don't know where that puts us with a median score, but... I feel like we're somewhere around, like, the 8.75, yeah. 9 range. It's it's high. It's a great movie. It I highly really recommend. Trees come in all different shapes and sizes, so mm-hmm. really rating them from 1 to 10 is unfair because 
each tree is special and unique. Exactly. How beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, oh Christina. God. It was such a it blast. It was a lovely blast. You're so welcome. You. The chaos is always here. Where can the lovely people find you, follow you? Oh, um, I am Xtina Greggs on everything. So Xtina, G-R-E-G-Z, Z, if we're going for that mm. British moment. We love um, brand consistency. Yeah. If you want my Goodreads account, just DM me. I can totally hook you up with that. I'm um, really looking for a lot of new friends on there. So please include this bit. Yeah. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. There's a lot of fun content that we did for December. Um, Christina put up a new cocktail every day this December. And it'll be in our highlights. So you can feel free to go back. Take a look for your cocktail pleasures all throughout winter. Absolutely. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And we will see you all in 2021. Oh, my God. So exciting. Oh, yeah, I forgot that I also have a website. Oh, yeah. Tell yeah, me I have a website. It's just christina-gregory.com. Perfect. Going to be updated. Check out oh, my I face. never update my website. It's awful. My website's is relatively new, but I haven't told anybody about it. So you guys are the first ones. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Go check it out. Tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> Always. You mean just you guys. Don't put that. Don't, you don't have to tell the people to do that. Please don't harass Christina please, um, on her please DMs. Please do not harass our friends. Please respect me and my family. Please stop coming yes. to their home. Please. <laughs> I've had enough. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for dealing with this. Of course. I love you. I love you. I love you. Love you. I like you just the way you are. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you daft cow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.